you've probably seen advertisements for Shenyun because at this point, well, who hasn't? They look like a performing arts company, but underneath I've heard so many accusations of them being a cult and it's kind of impossible to ignore at this point. So is Shen Yun really just a group of innocent dancers trying to make a living or is there a sinister disturbing side buried underneath the surface? Well, that's what we're gonna be discussing today. Hello and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a semi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and people that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today I'm going to be talking about Shen Yun. Shen Yun, which loosely translates to Divine Rhyme, is a nonprofit performing arts and entertainment company that produces dance performances and symphony concerts. Although the Falun Gong, also known as the Falun Dafa religious movement, which operates Shen Yun, may go against the oppressive Chinese communist government, there's a lot of issues with Falun Gong itself. Namely, how their leader and founder is homophobic, racist, and anti-science. This episode's going to be a little bit of a mess in case you can't already tell, so just bear with me here. And for those of you that don't wanna hear about abuse and cult-like operations today, then this may not be the episode for you. Now, rather than start with the history of Shen Yun as it started in 2006, I want to begin with Falun Gong, which began in the early 90s and work our way from there. So what is Falun Gong and who founded it? Let's find out. The Falun Gong, which means law wheel practice in Chinese, was founded in Northeast China in 1992 by Li Hong Yi. This movement started with meditation practices and texts that preach on virtues of truth, benevolence, and forbearance. Falun Gong draws on China's long tradition of Qigong, a regimen of controlled breathing and gentle physical movements. But unlike other Qigong-inspired disciplines that sprouted up in the 1990s, typically claiming nothing more than health benefits for practitioners, Falun Gong avows a path to salvation for the faithful. Adherents would try to gain enlightenment by reading the works of Master Li, who is said to be able to walk through walls and levitate. The Chinese government has called Falun Gong an evil cult and banned it in 1999. Now, what's important to recognize here is just because you have a common enemy with something doesn't make them automatically good. I'm not gonna be able to get into all the details of how messed up the Chinese government is here and all of Winnie the Pooh's many atrocities because we would literally be here for probably multiple days, to be honest. However, though Falun Gong may speak out against them, that doesn't mean they're legitimate by default. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I can already see people going, but Blair, their actions are against the communist party. And I know that doesn't make some of their actions any less questionable though. With that being said, let's talk about who Li Hongxi is and more about his movement. Throughout the early and mid 90s, Li toured the country giving lectures about the practice of Falun Gong. Today, his name is among the most censored terms on the Chinese internet. Before Falun Gong was banned, he gave a lecture at the Chinese embassy in Paris in 1995 at the government's invitation. As word spread about this, Chinese people from every strata of society began taking up the practice. However, The Congressional Executive Commission on China, or the CECC, explains that, Falun Gong's emphasis on these three values as part of its theistic worldview appears to have especially attracted the Communist Party's ire. The concepts seem to conflict with Marxism and other ideas that may have been a source of legitimacy for the CCP's authoritarian rule. 
like materialism, political struggle, and nationalism. The spread of Falun Gong began to be seen as a fundamental challenge to the party's authority. Xinhua hinted at this in one of its articles in 1999 after the ban. In fact, the so-called truth, kindness, and tolerance principle preached by Li Hongxi has nothing in common with the socialist, ethical, and cultural progress we are striving to achieve. Perhaps even more than free thinking, the Communist Party feels threatened by independent civil society entities and collective organization. As the popularity of Qigong practices and among them Falun Gong grew in the mid 1990s, the party attempted to insert itself into their activities and bring them under its control. In 1996, after the state-run Qijong Association with which Falun Gong was linked instructed the establishment of party branches among its followers and wished to profit from Falun Gong, Li Hongzi parted ways with the association. He intended for Falun Gong to be a personal practice without formal membership and shared free of charge. As it continued to spread in society, Falun Gong's spiritual independence was coupled with a loosely knit network of meditation practice sites and assistance centers sprinkled throughout the country. It was only when Falun Gong's popularity and independence grew that they truly became a threat. Several Falun Gong practitioners have been detained and placed in free education through labor camps, which as we know, through taking a look at the Uyghur Muslims are really just Chinese concentration camps. There's no denying that Falun Gong have been persecuted in China and we will get into this a little bit more later, which is why these days Falun Gong's headquarters is located just a couple hours north of Manhattan. However, although they may sound unjustifiably banned, their beliefs are kind of messed up when you start to look at it. News sources like NBC have reported on Falun Gong in recent years and mentioned how the teachings are just all over the place. One of their articles reads, Falun Gong combines bits of Buddhism and Taoism, involves meditation and gentle exercises, and espouses Li's controversial teachings. Li Hongxi simplified meditation and practices that traditionally have many steps and are very confusing, said Ming Sa, a professor at the Graduate Center of the City University of New York who has studied Falun Gong. Basically, it's like fast food, a quickie. It has also invited scrutiny of the spiritual leader's more unconventional ideas. Among them, Lee has rallied against what he calls the wickedness of homosexuality, feminism, and popular music, while holding that he is a godlike figure who can levitate and walk through walls. Lee has also taught that sickness is a symptom of evil that can only be cured with meditation and devotion, and that aliens from undiscovered dimensions have invaded the minds and bodies of humans, bringing corruption and inventions such as computers and airplanes. The Chinese government has used these controversial teachings to label Falun Gong a cult. Falun Gong has denied the government's characterization. Aliens have invaded the minds of humans. Now that sounds like it's getting into some like Scientology cult-like territory already. And look, you can believe whatever you want as long as it's not hurting anyone. I don't make it a goal to hate on religion in my episodes and I'm not trying to hate on Buddhism or Taoism either. However, as much as Falun Gong apparently draws from these, Lee's teachings do more than rub me the wrong way. And they range from misleading to infuriating. One thing I saw referenced in my research was an interview Lee did with Time Magazine. Lee said he has known many humans that can levitate off the ground, including David Copperfield. He says he can use Qijong to cure an illness as well, but he won't do it. He doesn't specify why, and hey, maybe I'm making an assumption, but I've got a suspicion he won't do it because he can't actually cure illnesses, but that's just my little crazy quirky thought there. He also says that human morals are no longer good and Falun Gong is a way to upgrade oneself. 
The interviewer asks what happens when one attains the Tao and Lee says they will gain special powers. As for the part about aliens, it's honestly just, it's just a mess. It's just a lot of word salad and I don't even know if I wanna try and dissect it to be honest. But to try and put it as simply as I possibly can, he says that aliens are going to replace the human soul and then humans will help these aliens clone themselves. When the time interviewer directly asks him if he's a human or alien, Lee says, you can think of me as a human being and I don't wish to talk about myself at a higher level. People wouldn't understand it. The thing is though, and this is just my opinion, I think the reason that people in communist China gravitated towards this Falun Gong movement is because of the environment in China at the time. Chinese support for their government is currently rising while the US view of the Chinese government is plummeting. However, back in the 80s and 90s, the Qigong craze was in full force. After the cultural revolution, the Chinese people were finding ways to reconnect with their ancient spiritual traditions. So Qigong, meaning energy work, sounded like a perfect fit. Enter Falun Gong and Li, though he latched on at the tail end of this craze in 1992. The actual holistic meditative side of this isn't something I have a problem with, not at all. If Chinese people or anyone are using Falun Gong simply to connect with their spirituality, then that's fine. Falun Gong practitioners don't deserve the literal torture and abuse that they've gone through. One source even claims that disturbingly enough, there's reports of Falun Gong practitioners having their organs harvested. Another source stated in 2001 that, In recent interviews, the sources and practitioners described for the first time in detail the methodical efforts being used to eradicate the Falun Gong movement, efforts that the Chinese call re-education. They told of believers being beaten, shocked with electric truncheons, and forced to undergo unbearable physical pressure, such as squatting on the floor for days at a time. Many adherents are also sent to intensive classes where the teaching of Falun Gong leader Li Hongxi are picked apart by former believers. Sometimes friends who have already been tortured into submission. I am a broken man, said James Ohyang, 35, an electrical engineer who was forced by labor camp guards to stand facing a wall for nine days and then sent to a brainwashing class for 20 more. I don't believe anyone deserves this, the brainwashing, the torture, any of it, but I can't in good conscience support Lee Hongxi's beliefs either. It's a weird position to be in, like, If I met a bunch of homophobic people that believed in aliens and promised these higher powers along with the spirituality, I'd say that's messed up and they're misleading people. But I also wouldn't wanna see them get tortured for their beliefs either. One article published online by the Cult Education Institute refers to Falun Gong as a homophobic mind control cult. The writer, Samuel Luo, who lives in San Francisco and who told the SF Centennial about this as well, claims that his parents are both Falun Gong practitioners and have been hurt and exploited by the cult. He writes, among the many harms done to them, I have been seriously concerned that they have refused needed medical treatment. In 2002, my stepfather initially refused to help when he had a stroke and he suffered painful gout attacks unnecessarily for five years. He did so because he was being brainwashed into believing that Lee Hongxi, the founder and leader of this cult, has the power to cure illnesses and taking medicine is counterproductive. So does Lee heal people or not? Because this follower is suffering, had a stroke, and thought that his leader could cure him. Did Samuel's stepfather believe this out of nowhere? Because you'd think that if Lee made it abundantly clear, hey, I don't heal anyone, you need to seek medical treatment on your own, then his stepfather maybe would have gone and seen a doctor. Samuel goes on to say, the Falun Gong is also extremely homophobic. 
Lee teaches homosexuality is not the standard of being human. The priority of God's will be to eliminate homosexuals and the gays are demonic in nature. These teachings are honored by all Falun Gong practitioners. Recently, when I confronted my mother with these teachings, she said that the elimination of gays is already happening. When I wanted her to give specific examples, all she said was that natural disasters that happened recently are directed at corrupt people, gays included. Again, this is where I have some massively mixed feelings. Samuel insists that all people practicing Falun Gong are homophobic, and I can't say with 100% certainty that this is the case, but I mean, if that's one of your core beliefs of things you believe, then it would most certainly appear to be that way. Lee is very openly anti-LGBTQ with what he said thus far, so my sympathy for these practicing Falun Gong people are limited. Again, not saying that they deserve torture by any means, but I think you can get why this topic falls into a massive gray area. Falun Gong has also threatened the International Cultic Studies Association with a lawsuit for speaking out against them, which is also kind of ironic to me. Their free speech has been suppressed in China, but then at this organization's program, they also tried to suppress free speech there. It's incredibly hypocritical and dangerous when it comes to something as serious as this. Now, before we continue on to talk about Shen Yun's history as propaganda, we're gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. I'm a fan of clothes, but not really a fan of having to seek them out. Don't really wanna go to the malls. There's so many variants all over the place right now that it just doesn't seem like that's the place you should be going. And with online shopping, sure, you can measure at yourself as best as you can, but the clothing may still come out not looking quite right. But that's why I've been getting my style updates from Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends you clothing that expert stylists hand select for your size, style, and budget. And they choose every piece for your fit and your life. And it's an easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. And Stitch Fix lets you try on your pieces at home before you buy them, keep your favorites and send back the rest. And they've even got free shipping, easy returns and exchanges. They even include a little prepaid return envelope. You just stuff the stuff you don't like right in there and that's it. You'll just pay a $20 styling fee for each box and that gets credited towards the pieces you keep. And you guys know me, we are officially in official sweater season, though for me, it is an all year affair, but it is officially normal people sweater season, which means I am stocking up. My Stitch Fix people know I am only ordering sweaters. I don't want pants, I don't want blouses, I don't want anything, just a box of sweaters. And you can customize your box if you wanna be weird like me too, and you just want a ton of sweaters, you can literally just tell them, I only want sweaters, don't give me anything else, and they'll send you a box of sweaters. Best thing ever. So if you wanna get started today, make sure to go to stitchfix.com casket and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com casket for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com casket. This episode is also sponsored by Upstart. If you're carrying a credit card balance every single month, getting out of debt can feel like an uphill battle. And with so many different cards that have so many different interest rates and balances on them, it can be tricky to keep juggling that every single month. But that's where Upstart can help because Upstart is the quick and easy way to get a personal loan all online. Upstart is expanding access to affordable credit because we are all more than just our credit scores. That's why they also consider your income and current employment to find a better rate on loans between $1,000 to $50,000 for whatever it is that you need, debt consolidation, a new project, they've got it handled. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan, so it's super quick. 
And my favorite part is most of the time you don't need to talk to anyone. It's all done online. So if you wanna find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today, make sure you go to upstart.com slash casket. That's upstart.com slash casket. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit score, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash casket. Now, what about Shen Yun? Where do they fit into all of this? I know I've gone on and on about Falun Gong so far, but mostly I really just wanted you to have as much of a background as possible about them. The reason why is simply because Shen Yun in of itself is a show about Falun Gong founded by practitioners of said religion. One article states, a single company has grown to four troops that perform each year in more than 100 cities in 30 plus countries, including shows Tuesday and Wednesday at Chrysler Hall in Norfolk. This show is 5,000 years of culture in one night, said Philippa Senna, a creative director for a fragrance company who caught a performance at the Lincoln Center in New York in March. The colors are amazing. The message is very lyrical and clear. Many people go to the performances unaware of the political undertones to the shows, even though one or two dances deal directly with Falun Gong's clash with the Chinese Communist Party. Nonetheless, it's safe to say that the bright costumes and spinning dancers are meant to convey a message. The Falun Gong has a very well-organized, managed, and elaborate program of public relations, and Shen Yun is part of that, said James Tong, a UCLA professor, expert in Chinese politics, and author of the book about the Communist Party and Falun Gong. When audiences see Shen Yun, people want to know more about the Falun Gong. Whether or not you love or hate Shen Yun, there's no denying what they stand for and how massive they become. The fact that people wonder about Falun Gong after the show is especially concerning to me because they're depending on Shen Yun for information and it's obviously going to be quite biased. I get that many in attendance are just in the audience for the story, dancing and singing, not spiritual guidance, but there's still something that I and plenty others have found incredibly unsettling about Shen Yun. One article from The New Yorker written by Gia Tolentino stated, Shen Yun has lived in the fluffy pink insulation of my mind now. Last year, the ads were goldenrod yellow and they said reviving 5,000 years of civilization. The year before that, the ads experience a divine culture were green. The year before that, the Shen Yun poster featured two women dancing, wearing birthday cake frosting colors. And for months I sat in the subway reading, but in no way processing the phrase, absolutely the number one show in the world. The fact that both Falun Gong and the Communist Party communicate via propaganda makes it almost impossible to understand what's really happening. A decade ago, the journalist Joseph Kahn in The Times described the rise of Falun Gong as probably the most mysterious chapter in the history of China over the last 30 years. Falun Gong members are genuinely persecuted in China, but the stories about this have petered out into the press and in China, state censorship of dissent is growing. Under these circumstances, Shen Yun can be seen as a Baroque and surreal last resort call for help and attention. But this is only the tip of the iceberg. Gia Tolentino also brings up Samuel Luo and mentions that Samuel has even set up a website dedicated to telling the untold story of Falun Gong, with there being so much contradicting information out there. It mentions that on an even more upsetting note, Li Hongxi and Falun Gong received the International Religious Freedom Award. He'd been nominated twice for the Nobel Peace Prize and Li was also ranked as the most powerful communicator in Asia and one of the 500 most powerful people in the world. To have Li and Falun Gong backing Shen Yun is incredibly important to know. 
Yet Shen Yun does feel like Falun Gong propaganda in a way. They tell the story of Falun Gong from this brightly colored positive light and paint themselves as the heroes against communist China in their own story in this Cirque du Soleil-esque fashion. It doesn't help that the Chinese government has continually tried to shut down the dance show, continually painting themselves as the villain they are. In February, 2014, George Seafield, the manager at the Stage Theater of Potsdamer Platz in Berlin, where a Shen Yun performance was scheduled, received a visit from the Chinese embassy's cultural attache who tried to influence things. Seafield refused and the show continued. I am from East Germany, he told the Berliner Tong. With the Chinese, it is like it used to be with our rulers. They are simply sacred. This only further portrays Shen Yun as heroic or right for standing up to the Chinese government when Falun Gong's own messages are pretty messed up at the moment when you take a closer look. And it seems that Shen Yun knows this as they've even tried to minimize their connection with the Falun Gong. Their origin story on their website just states that their purpose is to revive the lost world of traditional Chinese culture. They're not transparent about their connection or their intent, despite Li's own statements about Shen Yun's origins. Also, as a quick reminder, Falun Gong also goes by Falun Dafa, as in this quote that we're about to go through. Li is also about to refer to Falun Gong believers as Dafa disciples, and I don't want anyone to get confused seeing as what we typically hear it referred to as Gong and not Dafa, but moving on, the article says, Li also speaks again and again about his desire to change the world and his homeland in particular through the power of Shen Yun. In an appearance at the 2014 New York Fa Conference, Li offered his account of the group's origins. How did Shen Yun first get started, he asked. There was a group of Dafa disciples involved in the arts who wished to use their professional skills to expose the persecution to save sentient beings. According to Li, these early performers weren't very good. It distressed him to see his spiritual practice represented by such mediocre art. So the master stepped in. If a dance show was going to save people, it would need to be a top-notch dance show. Afterwards, I thought, I'll lead them into doing this. And that's how Shen Yun was first established. Needless to say, Shen Yun can't and shouldn't minimize their connection to Falun Gong so easily. People want to know what they're supporting, but their website and advertisements don't speak to this affiliation. It seems like you have to just buy a ticket to find out because in every city Shen Yun visits, shows are presented by a local Falun Dafa association. One writer for The Guardian who saw a Shen Yun show wrote about their experience afterwards and stated, after the Shen Yun performance in Toronto, I made my way into the lobby and tracked down the show's presenter who introduced himself as Joel Randall. A 40 something Caucasian with sharp features and a quiet intensity, he smiled broadly as he explained that he was a devoted Falun Gong presenter who had been inspired by the beauty of Shen Yun and was determined to show it to the world. Later, I learned his real name is Joel Chipkar, a real estate agent who has appeared in media as vice president of the Falun Dafa Association of Toronto. It is wrong to think of the show as Falun Gong propaganda, Chipkar told me. The aim was to counter government propaganda. They're the ones that have been responsible for the destruction of traditional Chinese culture for the past 60 years, he said. During our conversation, my mother wandered over. Chipkar shook her hand. As you know, the Chinese culture was steeped in spirituality, he told her. Everyone respected the belief in gods and then in come the communists and destroy it all. And this is yet another issue that I have with Falun Gong supporters and Shen Yun. First of all, Falun Gong was invented in 1992. I agree that the Chinese Communist Party has gone out of their way to destroy traditions in China, suppress them, etc., just as Chipkar has said. 
that much is true. And the People's Republic of China has sought to erase China's own history, and I'm not denying that, but Falun Gong is not a part of that history. So let me repeat that again, because it seems like Shen Yun can't get it through their heads. It's not the spirituality that people take issue with. It's Falun Gong and its leader, Li. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even make this episode today if Shen Yun was a historical show about China with an emphasis on what it means to be spiritual. It's just the Falun Gong part that I absolutely cannot ignore. Plus, I mean, is it really fair to say that Shen Yun is all about traditional Chinese culture when it's based on a religion that's like only 30 years old? I just think that's just disrespectful. Another cult education article says that they're nothing more than propaganda as entertainment, and it states, most of the members of the Define Performing Arts troupe are members of Falun Gong, but their beliefs do not simply form a backdrop to a neutral presentation of traditional Chinese dance and legends. They are a focal point of the evening. Thus, the songs boast about the benefit of the laws and principles by which they live, the dance scenes are mostly parables, and the climax is a vignette set in modern Chinese park, where a good woman and her daughter are beaten for their beliefs by evil communist party thugs until the people rise up against them. Now, it does seem from Amnesty International evidence that followers of this group have suffered brutal persecution. On the other hand, I am reluctant to welcome the teachings of a man who believes that aliens live among us and that homosexuality and mixed race marriages are degenerate. This seems a long way from the truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance presented as the group's principles on stage. And I don't think I could have said it better myself. The cult education articles on this topic have been fascinating at explaining all of this. And if you wanna take a look for yourself, it will always be available in my sources. At this point though, I think we've hammered home why, at least in my opinion, Falun Gong and Shen Yun don't deserve the support they get. However, again, doesn't mean they deserve the persecution either. So let's move on to what's happening in the modern day and how this nonprofit functions. The Falun Gong has also founded the Epoch Times in the year 2000, and it's now noted as a fiercely pro-Trump conspiracy website. They were originally founded to cover Falun Gong's persecution by the government, but now they're known for something very different. NBC News stated in 2019 that by the numbers, there is no bigger advocate of Donald Trump on Facebook than the Epoch Times. According to their article, the small New York-based nonprofit news outlet has spent more than $1.5 million on about 11,000 pro-Trump advertisements in the last six months, according to data from Facebook's advertising archive more than any organization outside of the Trump campaign itself, and more than most Democratic presidential candidates have spent on their own campaigns. Those video ads in which unidentified spokespeople thumb through a newspaper to praise Trump, peddle conspiracy theorists about the deep state, and criticize fake news media strike a similar tone in the online conservative news ecosystem. The Epoch Times looks like many of the conservative outlets that have gained followings in recent years, but this isn't. Behind the scenes, the media outlet's ownership and operation is closely tied to Falun Gong, a Chinese spiritual community with the stated goal of taking down China's government. Former practitioners of Falun Gong told NBC News that believers think the world is headed towards a judgment day where those labeled communists will be sent to a kind of hell and those sympathetic to the spiritual community will be spared. Trump is viewed as a key ally in the anti-communist fight, former Epoch Times employees have said. And no, I'm not trying to make this about Trump. This is just an unfortunate tie that once again has to be uncovered and it gets really fucking annoying to have to keep mentioning Trump, by the way. 
And the reason why I find this important is because the Epoch Times, one of Trump's favorite news sources, of course, aside from OAN, is directly linked to Li and Shen Yun. Epoch Times said there were credible allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 election when there just weren't. One source even says that Epoch Times has also promoted QAnon and anti-vaxxer talking points. It's not just about conservative or liberal here, but basic science about vaccinations being denied by these fake news sources like the Epoch Times. In the year 2000, when John Tang and other Falun Gong founders created the Epoch Times, Shen Yun didn't even exist yet. But now the same news source that claims the coronavirus may have been manufactured in a Wuhan lab is also known for being Shen Yun's advertiser. The website even has a section under entertainment devoted to just Shen Yun coverage, by the way. Worryingly, Lee himself apparently showed up at the newspaper's headquarters in Manhattan in 2009 and called for an expansion, saying he wanted the Epoch Times to become regular media. He's referred to it as our media, along with the NTD Digital Production Company and Shen Yun. I feel like a few years ago, I might've said that there's no way the Epoch Times could become regular media considering how obvious it is that they're lying, but now all I can say is stranger things have happened. And one can only hope they don't, despite them having made $8 million of revenue in 2017 alone. The company my source also mentions, NTD or New Tong Dynasty Television is also pretty horrific apparently, but I don't want to stay on Epoch News or NTD for too long. The point here is that Shen Yun is associated with a news outlet, which news quotation marks all over the place on that one, that supports unfounded claims of voter fraud and has spread a lot of misinformation. They were founded by Falun Gong practitioners, have homophobic beliefs at the core spread by Lee. This is their advertiser. So what else is lying beneath Shen Yun's surface? One thing that did pique my interest while researching Shen Yun is the fact that multiple times I read that they were a nonprofit. Nonprofits operate under different rules than normal businesses, and those rules tend to be incredibly strict if they're funded by the government. As shady as it is when a business is involved with shady behavior, there's something especially scummy when a nonprofit or charity does it. I was able to find their 2017 revenue where they say they made $29 million. Their functional expenses, the cost to put on their shows were about $10 million. So where do the other $19 million go? Well, by the look of things, it goes right back into their assets. And they've got nine figures, almost $100 million in assets. I guess I just kind of find this worrying because, well, if Shen Yun is already spreading Falun Gong promotional shows now, is it going to get worse? Are more people going to sign up for Falun Gong because they believe it's spiritual and they'll unintentionally or intentionally, who knows, support an organization that's hateful? Shen Yun has also spent a ton of that money, and I'm talking over $39 million in advertising from 2015 to 2017. For comparison's sake, that's a couple million dollars more than what the fashion brand Guess spent. If you clicked onto this wondering why there was an explosion of Shen Yun advertisements a few years back, then that's your answer. I know for a while I felt absolutely bombarded with their ads too. Now, as for what Shen Yun does, they produce a new show every year with many separate touring groups. Each group has about 40 male and female dancers. They claim to be inspired by classical Chinese dance and culture, which I'm not going to argue. I don't doubt that physically, their dance styles may be more traditional and their choreographers at least seem to understand what they're talking about. I truly don't know about traditional Chinese dance culture enough to be certain, but I can say pretty confidently that no traditional Chinese dances featured someone running across the stage with a yellow banner that read, Falun Gong is good on it multiple times. So. 
that point seems to be pretty moot. According to the Star Tribune, there's a variety of perspectives about the propaganda and that if it's a bad thing at all. They blend the aesthetic of silk-robed, exotic dancing Chinese women with a strong political message, a Cold War narrative of religious oppression, Davies, an associate professor of anthropology and East Asian studies said. They call it Chinese culture, but that's a more difficult thing to nuance. It's a heavily managed propaganda device for Falun Gong. David Ownby, author of the 2008 book, Falun Gong and the Future of China, agrees, but doesn't see that as an automatic negative. It is propaganda, but it's propaganda that tells the truth, said Ownby, director of the Center for East Asian Studies at the University of Montreal. They have been beat up and tortured by the Chinese government and Western journalists have stopped telling the story. Is it good art? Not necessarily. And I don't know if it's the best way to get their message across to Western audiences. Again, Ownby, just because Falun Gong protests the communist government, does that make them okay? Dismissing blatant homophobia and racism and anti-vax beliefs as strange just comes across as insulting to those who have actually been hurt by people that are, well, you know, homophobic and racist. Or in that last case, it would be insulting to those that have been harmed by anti-vaxxers potentially harming or killing infants too young for vaccines and immunocompromised kids who can't have a vaccine. It's not just unvaccinated kids that pass away tragically young from their parents' toxic mindset, but the kids that genuinely can't be vaccinated for specific medical reasons or those too young to have a vaccine available. The point is, it just infuriates me a bit to see Falun Gong dismissed as a strange belief when thanks to like the Epoch Times and Lee, they've proven time and time again that their beliefs aren't strange, but dangerous. Shen Yun doesn't dismiss these claims either, but argues against them. As one source states, Shen Yun presents its role as expository, not evangelistic. Because we dare to raise human rights issues, we're a Falun Gong show, says company manager and principal dancer, Vina Lee, a Falun Gong practitioner. The Chinese government doesn't want the old culture to come back. They want to damage it. Falun Gong practitioners in China are still imprisoned in labor camps, tortured, abused in psychiatric hospitals, and murdered in systematic organ harvesting. And herein, we offer our single conciliatory note. Whether you think it's lame to be blindsided by some propaganda non grata or wonderful that someone is finally opening eyes to crimes against humanity and culture, we are pretty sure the master of Erhu will have you riveted. I'm not saying this story, Falun Gong story should not be told. And clearly it's something that I'm really divided on to be honest, because no one deserves to be tortured, have their organs harvested, killed, sent to re-education camps. All of this is, is fucked up and that's a big problem and it should be talked about and it should be brought to light to more people. But it also sucks because they're so fucking homophobic and anti-vax and running this newspaper that is clearly just throwing bullshit into the wind with no care about other people's lives either. Whether you would just call this misleading, shady, or harmless, it's up to you. But the fact that Shen Yun hides their beliefs and capitalizes on Falun Gong's persecution is a little bit messed up to say the least. If a Nazi member and a QAnon member got into a fight, would that make me make the QAnon's beliefs any more acceptable? No, the QAnon member might be the victim here in this supposed fake scenario, but if they start shouting, woe is me, come watch my play, I don't think I'm obligated to condone what they do either. I don't know if that makes sense. I I hope that was a clear example, although it probably was not my best comparison. The point here is that Shen Yun isn't as outwardly hateful and as bigoted as many groups that I've talked about previously. So I think that's why they were a little harder to pick apart and get to the bottom of. 
As for the show itself though, I haven't seen a Shen Yun show and I have no intention of seeing a Shen Yun show. I saw a few clips online that have been circulating around, some trailers, et cetera, et cetera, and I think it looks fine. I'm not really here to criticize the dancers' costumes or any of that. Art is pretty subjective, obviously, but as for Shen Yun, their connection to Falun Gong isn't subjective in my book, and it's not something that I think can be ignored. And that's ultimately why I made today's episode, though I would love to know what you think about this as well. Since it's sort of like the lesser of two evils here, them versus the Chinese communist government, like should they be telling their story this way or is it just as upsetting that they sweep their worrying beliefs under the rug? This has been a script that I've had sitting around for many months now and I've been very, very conflicted about this very episode. Again, persecution, organ harvesting, re-education camps, torture, all of that bad should be brought to light Absolutely, there should be a way to make that more well-known. But then at the same time, it also sucks that the people being persecuted are also not great, but that also doesn't mean that they deserve those bad things to happen to them. I don't know, maybe I'm being too nice. Maybe I'm being too fence sitting here. I, I don't know. It's just, this has been a very conflicting episode for me, but I figured I should just kind of do it and get it out of the way finally and just get it out there and see what you guys have to think about this whole situation as well because it left me pretty just just gray but yeah thank you for making it to another episode i hope you learned something new maybe have something to think about over the weekend either way let me know thank you for giving some of your time to me today to explain all of this and i'll see you in the next one bye